everyone. Welcome into another Friday edition of Top of the Key. I am joined by my co-host Justin, and I'm here with Stefan as always. <laughs> doing a little uh, reintroducing here, swapping those swapping those roles around. Well, anyway, you are Sadie lis- Hawkins. <laughs> you are listening to WXRWLP Milwaukee Riverwest Radio 104.1 FM. You can listen to us on riverwestradio.com slash live. Find us on riverwestradio.com slash shows. Have your smart speaker play Riverwest Radio. Although I learned some very disturbing information about How all... How disturbing is it? Well, I mean, all the, the info on all the smart stuff, all the smart technology in your house and elsewhere. It's, all are, it's always listening. All the the, yeah, all the time. It's pretty pretty it's wild. Weird, you'll, you'll be having a conversation and then the adver- advertising will... Uh, Pick yeah, up man. words that you. They're always, they're always listening. Your phone's always listening. Your laptop's always listening. Um, so, it's important to uh, to know that. Okay. Um, anyway, so, so, <laughs> um, yeah, we missed out again this week, man. I've been sick all week. Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get to put out a, a podcast, but uh, we are back in full effect right now, so that's always good. We're grooving. We're here for you. Yeah, you can uh, find us on Twitter. And I'm at Justin WXRW. And I am at Stefan Sports, S-C-P-H-O-N Sports. So be sure to check that out. We also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash top of the key podcast. So we have a ton of stuff to get into since we did not have a podcast. The Gotta NFL, get a running start, The man. NFL trade deadline Oof. went and passed. The World Series has went and passed already. Uh, let's briefly get into that. The Boston Red Sox are... Your World Series champions of 2018, they beat the L.A. Dodgers in five games. It seems like a foregone conclusion from the beginning. Kind of saw that coming. Kershaw once again struggled, had a couple of bad starts, and uh, David Price got the the monkeys off his back and had a really nice postseason. It was uh, a story about who was going to get the monkeys off their back is what it was. David Price opted into the last year of his deal with with the Boston Red Sox and nobody's going to be unhappy with that for 31 million dollars Clayton Kershaw they did extend his deadline so they have until the deadline was actually tonight by midnight so we'll see this evening how uh how that ball plays out if the Dodgers are able to extend him or if he ends up walking etc I I would think that with the extension coming or with the deadline being extended I think that yeah they're looking to maybe make an extension but again he's in his 30s how much do you commit to a guy that has had limited postseason success and has really been hel- part of the reason that they have not won a World Series in the last two years? I mean, uh, you're right about that, but I, I don't think the uh, that money is any option for any of these LA, LA teams at any any point. Yeah, they're printing lots of money right now. Money. Both LA and Boston. And that deep playoff teams. run probably really helped them too with their revenue. Oh, I'm sure. Um, just being on LA TV, you know, during those time periods, too, they probably make a, a good chunk of change. But let's uh, let's move on. Obviously, baseball season is over. You don't have anything to say about the Dodgers or the? I mean, everybody knew the Red Sox were going to win. Yeah, the, the Red Sox were just that good. I mean, we didn't have a chance to pick before the World Series started, but I think both of us would have picked the Red Sox. Although we did both pick them to lose to the Astros, but I felt that the starting pitching for the Red Sox would, or excuse me, the Astros would be the difference it actually flip-flopped and and sale and david price were really good for the red Sox, and and they were able to beat the astros pretty handily and they just they looked 
the bet like the best team in baseball from start to finish and that doesn't happen a lot in sports but the boston red sox were just that team this year the entire they playoffs have a, yeah. they have a good chance to you know could be back here next year with the with the young talent they have on this team david price we know is not returning uh so i i think they're in a good position both these Mo- teams Mookie. will be returning most of these most of these players although we don't know what the dodgers are going to do with manny machado Will he stay? Will he go? Corey I think Seager he's will gone. be back next year. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to – if they're going to re-up Kershaw and, you know, maybe try to add some other players, I don't know that they're going to pay Machado as well. So let's move now That's enough into, baseball for me <laughs> for a year. Let's move into the NFL. And the NFL trade deadline was on Tuesday, October 30th. Normally, the or in the past, the NFL has not – the NFL trade deadline has normally not been rife with a ton of deals and things like that. It's been pretty quiet compared to the MLB and the NBA trade trade deadlines. But we've seen with the young GMs and their penance for just switching things up and, and being more aggressive, we're seeing teams make moves a lot more, not only in the offseason, but also at the trade deadline. So there were a number of deals, a few teams that we thought were going to move guys didn't the Raiders and the Giants both did not move any more players we talked about Eli Apple and Damon Harrison being traded last week we also talked about Amari Cooper being traded last week so no more of the players from the Giants or Raiders were traded which I thought was a little bit surprising I thought uh, at least Janoris Jenkins might get traded from the Giants and I thought maybe another player or two from the Raiders could have been dealt we'll get into like a fire sale and I mean the Giants had another big loss this week yeah we'll get into uh the Giants in just a minute and we'll get into the Raiders late in the show because i have a ton to talk about they also played last night against the jimmy garoppolo list and cj bethard list 49ers a guy named what nick mullins who was making his nfl debut an undrafted rookie came in and just torched him it was he had a hell of a game just i mean he did i don't want to take anything necessarily away from him but that oakland team is garbage and they've quit it looks like on john gruden anyway <laughs> we'll get into uh, into that but let's first get into these trade deadline moves the first move that we're going to talk about is the Denver Broncos traded wide receiver Demarius Thomas to the Houston Texans for a 2019 fourth round pick. And then the teams swapped their seventh round picks. So essentially they got him for a fourth round pick. What did you think of Demarius Thomas getting moved? I like this move for the Texans. I feel like they're finally starting to click on all cylinders. They're starting to play like the team, that you, like the playoff team that you kind of expected at the beginning of the year yeah. uh they had some they had a rough stretch there at the beginning but this is nice to kind of keep mo- momentum going uh and keep moving forward uh i like demarius thomas he qu- didn't quite reach his uh potential in denver but he's got another he's got a fresh shot over there well i would not agree that he hasn't reached his potential he's just on the downward slide he had a great prime with peyton manning he put one two three four five one thousand yard seasons back-to-back uh, consecutive and all of them i mean the last one was a thousand and then even last year he had 949 yards and that was with guys like trevor simeon throwing him the ball but he had you know 1400 yards 1400 yards 1600 yards 1300 yards and then almost 1100 uh so he had a really good career in denver but they're starting to try to shed salary we know case keenum is not quite the quarterback obviously peyton manning was uh, so Demarius, yeah, he slowed down a little bit his his age as well, and they drafted Cortland Sutton in the second round this year, and he's looked really good so far this season, and they expect big things out of him. So at this point with the Broncos knowing that the Chiefs are going to win that division and the Chargers are surging, getting Joey Bosa and Melvin Gordon back probably this week, 
they have no chance probably to make the playoffs. That's rough. That Chargers team looks good right now. Yeah, exactly. And we know the Broncos just lost this week to Kansas City, so they have uh, you know dropped uh, to what are they three and five right now? So they're out of the playoff mix. Basically, it was time they there had been rumblings about Demarius Thomas for the last year or two, and I think it was just time for them to move on. They get a fourth round pick. Uh, so that they can, you know, start the rebuild. We'll see what John Elway wants to do this next offseason if he tries to draft another quarterback or if they try to make some other moves and try to build the team around Keenum. But the offensive line hasn't been good enough, uh, and I think it was just time for them to move on and get and some guess, salary cap relief there. Guess what? What? Texans and Broncos play Sunday. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think maybe part of the, you know, the reason they wanted to get a little trade secret action here, <laughs> you know, get some, get some plays from Demarius and – I talked about you know the the Texans. I want I picked them to win this division, and when they started the season zero and three, it was looking like a disaster. And they have since turned it around. And Jacksonville has actually been the team that has started floundering, so falling off the face of the earth. Right, and so I think the Texans with Will Fuller being lost to a torn ACL this past week, they wanted another you know receiver to pair with Kiki Kuti, and and obviously DeAndre Hopkins to give Deshaun Watson some more weapons, and they brought in a nice veteran receiver. I thought for you know, a pretty reasonable price tag considering Amari Cooper was a first round, you know, move. I'm but, looking for big things here from Thomas. Yeah, let's look into the other receiver that was traded. Golden Tate was traded from the Detroit Lions to the Philadelphia Eagles for a twenty nineteen third round pick. This was another surprising move. We saw a couple days earlier we talked about the Lions trading for Damon Snacks Harrison for a fifth round pick and it looks like they were trying to uh, acquire talent to try to make a run for the playoffs and instead turned around and dealt their leading receiver and Matthew Stafford's favorite target. I know Kenny Galladay has sort of emerged, and the running game for Detroit has emerged, but getting rid of Tolton Tate, who's been their most productive receiver uh, since he came over from um, from Seattle, I, I, I didn't understand that move at all. I'm, I'd be interested to know what Matt Stafford, you know, in private actually thinks about, about that move. That's interesting. I mean, the Lions, they really laid an egg this week against the Seahawks. I'm, oh yeah, I'm actually kind of hoping that that means my Seahawks are just they're serious, and that it's not just the Lions uh, being your average Lions <laughs> just doing what they do every year. But we'll see. Uh, that Golden Tate movie definitely doesn't uh, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence from the Lions team at this point. Yeah, the Lion uh, Golden Tate had three out of his first four years in Detroit were a thousand yard seasons. This year he's on pace for a thousand yards again. So. I like this addition for the Eagles. We saw Mike Wallace go down for them. Mac Hollins was also down. Alshon Jeffrey came back and has been pretty good for them so far, but they needed another weapon for Carson Wentz, especially since their running game has kind of taken a dip since um, Jay Ajayi has been injured. That team's so, just been injured all, all year. Right, and so they're trying to, I think, just give Carson Wentz some more firepower. I like the move. They're trying to be aggressive. The Cowboys added Amari Cooper with a first-round pick, and the Eagles turned around and added Golden Tate, who's arguably a more productive receiver, obviously this year he is, than Amari Cooper for a cheaper price, and that might help propel the Eagles to try to uh, stay in this division. We know Washington has taken the lead in this division. I'm not sure if that'll last, uh, but I think really the only challenger to Washington really for this division is Philadelphia. I still got my I got my money on Philadelphia right now. You can't you think they're going to come back for it. Yeah, I can't really bet against the you know Super Bowl winner. Yeah, I guess so. That's I mean it's hard to come back and hard to repeat, hard to even make the playoffs the next year when you're a Super Bowl champion. Redskins so I'm not going to too much that. though. 
Yeah, the Washington football team is is I I, I don't think they're necessarily an aggressive team, but their defense is fantastic, and they also made a move at the deadline. We'll talk about it in a second. Very conservative. Um, their 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 defense is is great, and yeah, they're a little bit conservative offensively, but they can run the football with Adrian Peterson and Alex Smith can you know just do enough I think to to he doesn't turn be the ball over. Yeah, I picked them to win nine games and be second in this division, so I think that they can certainly be right there. Uh, but it, Philly does have their work cut out for them. They're they're in a hole. Uh, they did win this past week. We'll talk about that, but uh, but they they definitely have their work cut out for them. The Rams, the only undefeated team left in the NFL, decided to add another first round draft choice, uh, former first round draft choice in Dante Fowler Jr. from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was picked third overall a few years ago. He tore his ACL in his rookie season, so didn't play at all. And in his first season uh, back from his ACL, he had four sacks only, and then last year had eight. So it looks like he was trending up this year. He's played really well, uh, and he adds to a line in it's stacked over there. Yeah, he adds to a line in LA with Aaron Donald, Nagamakan Sue, Michael Brockers, and now Dante Fowler, which again is just <laughs> it's pretty pretty impressive. He has two sacks only to start this year, but uh, but he can be an edge rusher for them. The Jaguars got a 2019 third-round pick and a 2025th-round pick. The it's a Jaguars, nice haul for him, really. Yeah, the Jaguars' defense has struggled. Obviously, we know Dante Fowler wasn't starting. It was Clayus Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe and Marcel Darius and Malik Jackson. Their first-round pick last year, Taven Bryan, certainly hasn't come along quite as they thought, which was a little bit surprising that they let Fowler go. But they need to restock that offense and the coffers on the offensive line and – and I think that this was a good move for them. They also maybe need ammunition, you know, extra picks if they want to go trade for a quarterback. We saw Alex Smith last year was traded for a third-round pick in Kendall Fuller. Jimmy Garoppolo went for a second-round pick. So if they're looking to move on from Bortles, which I think they absolutely have to do, you've got to. At this, this point, this would do. be a, a good way to build up some draft capital to to make that swap. And this just makes the Rams, you know, that much more f- amazing on defense. But if I'm the Rams, man, I, I might be looking a little bit more at secondary. It's kind of interesting that they would go and add another. Uh, you, you I mean, know, pass to, rush helps the secondary. I don't know how many. You know, Joris Jenkins was rumored to be available. We don't know what the compensation was like. Uh, there's a lot of more, a lot of money to take on as well. Um, and Dante Fowler is a free agent at the end of the year, which I think the Rams didn't want to take on long-term money um, either because they're going to have to eventually pay Goff and Dominican Sue's on a one-year deal, etc. They're going to have to pay Marcus Peters. So, uh, But they look to Again, uh, this week they play um, – who do they play this week? I totally forgot. You know, it I doesn't matter. But they have a big battle. Uh, I think – it's not New Orleans, is it? Uh, let me check. Yeah, I think it might be. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, the yeah, Packers, it is New Orleans. Yeah, Sunday the, at 425. Yeah, the Packers – so Drew Brees is going to have just that much more fun. So the Packers uh, made a couple interesting moves. In the game, we'll talk about Ty Montgomery fumbled at the end of the game to give the Rams – help give the Rams the win – so they dealt time Montgomery for a 2020 seventh round pick to Baltimore. Basically gave him away. Good riddance. So, but yeah, it's just about like cutting him. And then they also traded starting safety HaHa Clinton Dix to the Washington Football Club for a 2019 fourth round pick. This was a surprising move to me because HaHa, I know he hasn't played quite as well this year as he had in previous years, but he was a starting caliber safety, a good safety in the secondary for this team. And this is a team that's in a win-now position, mm-hmm. and they traded away a talented player in the secondary. I understand maybe they didn't want to pay him in the offseason. Maybe they could have franchised him if they wanted to or whatever. They're a little disappointed with his performance this year. Right, but to just kind of 
I mean, I understand they got a 2019 fourth round pick from Washington, but I, I just, I, I didn't love that move in theory. Now maybe they'll move like Josh Jackson to safety. I just don't know who they're going to be playing out there at safety. And if it's going to be enough, we know Yair Alexander has looked really good. Josh Jackson's looked really good. Kevin King has made some improvements. Tremont Williams is still there. Maybe they'll move one of those guys to safety. I think they were saying it was going to be Tremont Williams. I mean, at his age, it would make sense for him to go into that like Woodson, Charles Woodson role and go from the cornerback to safety route. That might make sense. Uh, I just didn't understand the idea. I mean, he just made – Kaha made that team, made that defense that much better. And come postseason time, you're going to need talented secondary players when you're going against in the – in the NFC, you're going to be going against, you know, Jared Goff and the Rams, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, maybe Russell Wilson, maybe Cam Newton. I mean, there's a lot of good quarterback, Kirk Cousins. There's a lot of, you know, good quarterbacks and good receivers in the NFC. And to not have, you know, to just give away a starting caliber safety in the middle of the season, I, I thought was a little bit questionable. I mean, I guess we'll see if it comes back to bite them. But I just wonder uh, whether or not there's a, some chemistry issues behind the scenes that we're not really hearing about with the Packers right now. Seems well, like I mean, they we don't. know yeah, the the Ty Montgomery issue, which we'll get into in just a little bit. But yeah, yeah there might be a little bit of discord. Hopefully, I mean, <laughs> Packers locker room. <laughs> <laughs> it really seems like there's just something that's not right with that team this year. There's just something missing. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers was injured to start the year. His knee, it all does a really injured, rely on. So um, they should have been the best in much football better. if it wasn't for Montgomery this week. He's been much better. Uh, this year or in the last few weeks as his injuries especially after the bye as his injury is healed waiting for that brace to come off but yeah. one of these one of these weeks all right we're gonna just quick fire through a couple of games here for the sake of time games that weren't super important in the grand scheme of things first being the patriots at six and two beat the buffalo bills 25 to six on monday night uh, you know Derek anderson was starting do we need to say more nothing I mean, unexpected good God. Yeah. yeah i mean it was actually surprising that the game was that close to be quite honest uh it wasn't until you know Derek anderson threw that pick six until or i think yeah it's you know so the game (laughs) was just out of hand it was going to be over we all knew new england was going to win there was no point in even watching this game yeah all right (laughs) let's move on the bears beat the jets at home 24 to 10 were you surprised they took this so handily uh, the game was actually closer than you think. Uh, the Bears were able to score right after the Jets scored in the fourth quarter to sort of put the game out of hand again. But the game was closer than you thought. Uh, Trubisky didn't play all that well. He had some good rushes. But they were able to finally get Jordan Howard involved and run him with power formations, which is what I've been saying all year. Unfortunately, being in the Wisconsin area, we get a lot of Bears games that are on as well. So I watch the Bears frequently, and I have yeah. Jordan Howard and Allen Robinson in fantasy. So I watch them hard. and. They just never give him the ball in conducive ways. They they run that shotgun sweep with him, which he is not built to do, and they get like two yards every time, and yet they do it all the time. It drives me crazy. But the Jets, Sam Darnold, once again, uh, he didn't, I think, have an interception in this game, but uh, they couldn't get a running game going at all and really just not a lot of offense going. So yeah, Darnold he's got a lot of receivers down, though. He's Anun not really inspiring out. any confidence right now. Yeah, they cut Terrell Pryor. Anun was out. Terrell Pryor signed with Buffalo. Uh, Anun has been out. Robbie Anderson has been out. It's just been a mishmash unit in in the wide receiver room. So the Jets are struggling, obviously, with a rookie quarterback and no receivers. So can't blame them too much for that. Yeah, at least they didn't pull a Giants and you know draft a running back or something. At least <laughs> Let's you got move on to the <laughs> ugliest game of the week: the Cardinals. Beat the 49ers 18-15. to Josh Rosen led a, a drive at the end of the game to win. C.J. Beathard was the quarterback for the Niners. The Niners were 1-7. Obviously, they won last night against the Raiders. 
nothing in this game to really write home about. Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald finally had a big game, had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Rosen so, had some uh, showed a little promise in this one. Yeah, he threw a, an interception right away as well, which didn't help. But uh, he looks okay. I'm not sold on him yet. I'm not sold on exactly where the Cardinals are going. He got to show off the arm a little bit, though. He had a couple good throws in there. Yeah. You know, I'm, but give, again, I'm giving him the benefit of the Ugly game against a bad defense. Too, exactly, so. yeah. Let's move on to <laughs> – we were talking about the Texans before. They have won five now in a row. They're five and three. They beat the Miami Dolphins, who are in a skid without – Ryan Tannehill, forty-two to twenty-three. Deshaun Watson threw five touchdowns. Lamar Miller at one hundred and thirty-three yards and a touchdown. Will Fuller had a big game, but unfortunately tore his ACL in this game, which is what prompted the Houston Texans to trade for Demarius Thomas this week. And I actually thought that you know maybe Golden Tate would have been a better fit for that Houston offense, being that they're trying to replace Will Fuller. You know, Golden Tate isn't necessarily like the deep threat, deep threat, but neither is Demarius Thomas. Yeah. Um but Deshaun he's, Watson, he's Deshaun Watson has certainly turned it on. He was had that bruised lung or, or whatever, and he wasn't able to fly, so they had to, he had to be put on bus, etc. Uh, but he's looked good. They were able to keep him upright in this game. Miami started three and zero. They've been one and they're one and four since. Obviously, they're starting Brock Osweiler. That's a recipe for a disaster. So I can't again blame them too much. It's been I like I said before. I feel like Adam Gase just really hasn't gotten a fair shake. We haven't really got to see what he can do because Tannehill was out all of last year. He's been out most of this year. He was injured before that. We've just never really seen him play a, a, a lot under Adam Gase, and it might be time for them to move on after uh, if Tannehill can't. He's been reported to probably miss this upcoming week now too. If he can't ever get on the field, it's going to be time for them to move on. Yeah, I think they lose a couple more games, and uh, the season's probably over. Like season's already over for the Dolphins. <laughs> let's be real. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. It's just... Uh, it's business as usual, usual right now for Miami. It yeah, it pretty like. much is, which is kind of surprising because they have a storied franchise, and it's South Beach. If that team was just competently run, players would want to play there. They have cool uniforms. They're in Miami. They got history. They got history. Uh, it's not like Marlins games where nobody shows up. Like, if the Dolphins were pretty good, there'd be people showing up to those games because people love football. A lot of Dolphins football. fans out there. Yeah, and they have awesome new uniforms. Their new uniforms are fantastic. I just they just are never run competently. They're one of those AFC East teams, just like the Jets and the Bills, that just can't give New England a run for their money ever. And everyone hates them for it. Yeah, because I, I definitely <laughs> want somebody to give New England a run for just their money. somebody. Just be semi decent <laughs> once or twice. Man, competitive. God. All right, we're gonna go on to Patrick Mahomes throwing for four touchdowns and a win over the Broncos. Seven and one Chiefs won thirty to twenty three. The Broncos moved to 3-5 and five. again. They traded Demarius Thomas after this game. Keenum threw for uh, 262 uh, yards and two touchdowns. Phil Lindsay had a nice game, rushing for 95 yards and a touchdown. had a great touchdown. season. Yeah, but uh, you just can't stop Mahomes. Sammy Watkins had two touchdowns in this game. I mean, the guy's just incredible. It's going to be a big showdown this week uh, again. But What's the showdown this week? Who are they playing? Uh, they are playing. The Kansas City Chiefs are playing. Who are they playing? This The Browns. So they're going up against Baker Mayfield. If you remember a couple of years ago when Patrick Mahomes was at Texas. First of all, Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes used to be teammates at Texas Tech until Baker transferred to uh, Oklahoma and One wanted to start a job there. Own, man. They played against each other. I think it was in 2016. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in the game threw for over 700 yards five touchdowns had two rushing touchdowns 
Baker Mayfield threw for over 500 yards and had seven touchdowns. Joe Mixon was his running back. Joe Mixon had 200-plus yards rushing, another 114 yards receiving. He had two touchdowns on the ground and three through the air. He had five touchdowns himself. It was just unreal. They won uh, Texas uh, – Oklahoma won 60-59 to in that game. That's a hell of a college football game. No defense. If there was 700 more- <laughs> yards Mahomes threw for. Yeah, 700 yards. That's absurd. That's absolutely absurd. Absurd. Is that close to a record for for college football? Pro- I, I, you know what? I don't know if it we is don't or know not because I, I don't know off the top of my head, but my guess would be yes, I, I would know. hope, I, especially for a game that didn't go into overtime. But I'm going to get into another game that we want to just quickly go over because it doesn't really matter a whole lot. The Washington football team remains in first place in the NFC East, going 5-2, and two, beating the New York football Giants. The Giants are now 1-7. The Giants only scored 13 points in this game, and it wasn't until the end of the game that Manning uh, threw a touchdown. Odell Beckham had a nice game, though, 136 yards. Saquon Barkley caught nine balls, only at 38 yards rushing, though. But Adrian Peterson... 26 carries, 149 yards, and a touchdown. I don't know why anyone didn't sign this guy earlier in the season. You know, I don't know why the Raiders, you know, I understand why they brought back Marshawn Lynch, but to sign Doug Martin over a guy like Adrian Peterson, like, could you imagine Beast Mode and Marshawn Lynch together, or excuse me, Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode, and Adrian Peterson together in the backfield? Like, that would have been kind of cool. I know neither of them are great pass catchers, but it would have been interesting to watch at least. Yeah. And a hell of a hell of guys to tackle. It seems like an easy choice now, looking back, too. I mean, hindsight's always... Well, I, I would have signed the guy to begin with. I mean, yeah. it just was surprising. I mean, I didn't think he was going to be this good, obviously, but he I knew he could still be a competent NFL back, maybe not necessarily a starter, but certainly a guy you could give the ball to five to ten times a game and expect decent production from, especially, like, in goal line or short, you know, distances, short, short uh, yardage situations. But nobody decided to, and Washington was smart enough, and they're getting the benefit of it. Yeah, I got a quick uh, tidbit for you here. Mm-hmm. That was the all-time uh, passing, passing record. Yeah, that's what I figured. It's tied with Connor Halliday from Washington State, who also had 734 yards passing mm-hmm. in a game. Never heard of that guy. <laughs> I've never heard of him either, but he threw 734 yards in 2014. Right. Let's move across the pond to the game that was in London, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles won 24-18. Carson Wentz threw three touchdowns. Blake Bortles threw only one touchdown, but Blake Bortles was their leading rusher in this game, which is kind of sad. It's embarrassing, man. You need that run game for the Jaguars to go anywhere. But the Jags have now lost four in a row. They can't stop anybody. I mean, I know the Eagles only scored 24 points, but they can't stop people. And they can't score. Blake Bortles, I mean, we know he sucks. I've been saying it for a long time. I was saying it during the draft. I didn't believe believe Blake Bortles was a franchise quarterback. And not only did I not believe just because of his production in his college, I didn't love him as a prospect, but sometimes just a guy's name can turn you off. And I just never believed in a franchise quarterback named Blake Bortles. It just sounds too I'm weird. I'm trying to think of other examples of that. I know there's a bunch of them. There's but. guys that I think are going to be great players based on their names sometimes too. Like I just, and sometimes those don't always pan out. You yeah, know, right, it, right. it's, it's kind of just a gut feeling thing that you just feel sometimes like I knew Khalil Mack was going to be a good player, not only because he looked great on tape, but the guy just sounded like Khalil Mack, just sounds like a football player, doesn't right, he? Right. He sounds like he's going to be a good player, and he is. So, again, I know a lot of people have you know Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. It's pretty just ho-hum, whatever. It's like but, superhero names, man. It's like yeah, but you know what? Name. Every once in a while, you can just kind of tell, and I just knew Blake Bortles just was not going to be that guy. 
uh, and he hasn't been. And they did not make a move this offseason for quarterback. Instead, they extended him, which actually lowered his cap hit for this year, which is sort of why they did it. There were rumors that they were going to trade for Teddy Bridgewater. They never did it. They never signed him. But I think going into this offseason, they have to make a move at quarterback. They have to. They definitely. And losing out on uh, losing Fournette for so long has kind of hurt them. That's also that's also been a but struggle how much for them. Been that, they know. got Carlos Hyde. Uh, we'll see if, if you know he can help, but they're in a tough spot. I don't think so, man. I think they're done. They're for in a it. tough spot. I mean, they're in a slide that I don't think they can really get out of. It either. And it's gonna be tough for them to get that back. It's really gonna have to be Bortles showing this team that he can actually win games for them to have some confidence again because I think that they are just, just the defense it. is too strong. It was kind of like Seattle, you know, a few years ago when, you know, before Russell Wilson was as good as he is, they were struggling and they were winning games, you know, 13-10 and, you know, 16-13 and stuff the like that. Totally on the defense. And the, yeah, the, and it was just they, there was arguments between these teams. We saw it with the Broncos last year as well with Simeon. Uh, you know, starting sometimes. I mean, the defense was just so dominant, and the offense could do absolutely nothing. Reminds and if you bit. can't score any points, you can't win the game. Yeah, I don't care if your defense gives up zero. If you don't score, you can't win. The Reminds best me you of could the do Bears is tie. this year a little bit. The Bears have been able to put up a bunch of points with Trubisky. I know, I, man. I, I don't know though. I'm thinking it's going to be all about the defense on that team. When you, well, it's going to be as far as the how far they can go is going to be on Trubisky. The defense is good. He's got good weapons. It's going to be all about him. And so far, you've seen they're four and three. They're barely, you know, above barely average. Relevant. Yeah, they're still winning that division though right now. Yeah, but it's a it's, it's a pretty close. Almost, yeah. yeah. All right. There's a big AFC North showdown this weekend. The Steelers tied the Browns in the beginning of the season, but it did not happen this week. The Steelers won pretty handedly, 33-18. We saw Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. Hugh Jackson was the head coach. Todd Haley was the offensive coordinator. Both fired in Cleveland this week. That was big news. Hugh Jackson was 3-36-1 as the head coach in Cleveland. It was absolutely abysmal. We saw some of their dysfunction on like hard knocks. It seemed like Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson had a sort of contentious relationship. Some people didn't know who actually was the authority figure, and when that when when people are questioning whether the offensive coordinator has more power than the head coach, like that that's an issue. We don't know how Baker Mayfield is going to react to this, how how that's going to help or not help him. Maybe it'll help to have this that relationship just severed. Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, was named the interim head coach. That's also going to be interesting to watch because that guy is is pretty wild. If you've never seen him talk or speak, he curses a lot he's an intense guy but he's a good defensive coordinator ben roethlisberger had a nice game antonio brown had two touchdowns james Conner came alive had 24 carries for 146 yards two touchdowns we still don't know when Le'Veon bell is going to come back he originally was going to be coming back during the bye week that didn't happen they didn't come back after the bye week he's still not reported we thought maybe after the trade deadline he would report because he can no, he couldn't be traded now he couldn't be traded anyway because he had not signed his franchise tender and so for those of you still complaining about how he's not reporting to work because he's under contract he's not signed anything he's not under contract so that's why the team can't find him they can't trade him etc he's technically not on their team yeah i mean well the sealers are sitting pre- sitting pretty right now at four two and one like they played this week against the baltimore ravens in baltimore ravens are four and four reeling they were four and one on one point so they lost three in a row flacco made a couple of the worst passes i've ever seen last week ben roethlisberger is three and seven in baltimore in his career 
So he has not played well there. It is very possible Baltimore can rebound and win that game. It's Those AFC North battles are always so tough between these two teams. It's physical. And is that your game of the week? It's going to be, I mean, Kansas City, New Orleans is going to be a good game. That's definitely the Green Bay, New England is going to be a good game. Yeah, we'll see. This game, I mean, there's a lot of good, be a lot of good games this week that good. are going to be very important to how how the playoff picture is going to shake out. Let's get into one of those that happened sort of this week. Seattle uh, beat Detroit 28-14. to Russell Wilson had a nice game. He threw three touchdowns. They've been getting the running game going lately. Chris Carson had 100 yards again and They're scored a touchdown. They're man, at that running back position. Well, they have. Car- I mean, Carson is that guy, and Rashad Penny has been a huge disappointment. Mike Davis has had a game, a really good game or two, and then sort of relegated to the back. He is kind uh, of third. McKissick right now, has been in and out. Um, you know, Procise has been in and out. I mean, they've been rotating guys. The offensive line has just played better. The defense is starting to come together. I mean, they lost a lot of guys. They lost Earl Thomas injury earlier in the season. They took a couple blows, but they have bounced back nicely. They'd be looking awesome. Sitting in the second wild card spot right now. I don't know if that'll last. Because there's some other really good teams in the NFC, you know, teams like the Eagles are coming up. Uh, we know the Saints and the Panthers are, are there. The Falcons have won a couple in a row. So there are going to be some teams that are going to eventually challenge them for it. Spe- the Lions struggled to run the football in this game. Matthew Stafford threw for over 300 yards again, but they were unable to come up with a victory. It was, you know, 21-7 to at halftime, and they were not able to just generate enough offense in this the Seahawks game. Seahawks, they have this thing where they force a lot of turnovers. They just do really well on the defensive end of the ball, and it's quick. It's crazy how quickly they reload. Like, yeah, a lot of people thought it was going to be like a full rebuild, kind of similar to what the Raiders are doing, just tearing it all down. And the the Seahawks have a couple weeks not ago. only been able to remain competitive, but have been winning football games. If they would have beat the Rams, think they, I, I didn't think they were right going to be as bad. Yeah, they they did uh, have a good game against the Rams. I didn't think they'd be as bad as everyone thought they would. I didn't think they were going to drop to like a five win team or not with a six win team. That's why I thought they'd have them win eight or nine games. And right now they're four and three. They're still sitting in that spot. They could win probably nine games here. It'll be interesting to see if they could try to sneak that second wild card spot out. I think Pete Carroll would like that. I don't think that they're in danger losing anything. I think another thing might be, though, their owner, Paul Allen, died. Uh, he also owned the Blazers. Uh, they, if you see the Seattle Seahawks, they're wearing that PGA 12 patch in honor of him for the rest of the season. Maybe that's elevated their play to some extent. They, they're trying to win for their owner in, in a posthumous way. Maybe that could be a, a way to honor him and, and whatever. But uh, So I think that they've had a little extra extra element to their game. That's a big test, though. This week, If they beat the Chargers this week, they're for real, man. That's what it That is going to be a big game this week. The Chargers might get Bosa back. They are probably going to get Melvin Ingram back. And their defense has been good. Their offense has been ecstatic. Uh, they're they're been efficient. It, they're one of the better offensive it's a teams. Good test, but yeah, I, I'm going to pick the Chargers to win that game. But it would not shock me if Seattle won. But I still think the Chargers just have more talent, top to bottom. I think you're right. But coming close against the Rams, uh, I'm going to give them a shot here against the Chargers. I would too. Speaking of another wild card team, I thought would make it. The Carolina Panthers have all of a sudden at five and two. I know they're not winning the division because the Saints are. They have come alive. Cam Newton is playing excellent football. They beat up on the Baltimore Ravens 36-21. to The Ravens have been one of the best defenses in football, not giving up a lot of points. Cam Newton shattered that. He had three total touchdowns. D.J. Moore, their first-round pick, finally had a good game, five receptions for 90 yards. 
Flacco reverted to being Flacco through two picks, threw you for see under that, 200 yards. You see that pick he threw where he was trying to intentionally ground it and the ball was still in bounds? No, I didn't. He threw a pick like no. down the yeah, sideline. Trying to throw it away. Yep. Yeah, go figure. Uh, usually he has the arm strength to probably do that, but as he ages, maybe not quite the arm that he used to have, you know, five or ten years ago. It's just embarrassing, man. You, all you got to do is get that ball out of play. I still think the Ravens are a pretty good football team. I still think they have a chance to win the, a, a wild card spot. They have, again, we talked about a huge, huge game this week against the Steelers. If they lose that game and drop to four and five, while well, the Steelers move to five and two, I mean, and one, I guess, uh, you could probably kiss the Ravens division hopes goodbye in that case you would just hopefully try to win the wild card but when you have you know the, the Chargers are likely going to be in one of those spots and I mean I don't think any yeah, of the Chargers I don't think any of the team is going to be coming out of the AFC East and I thought maybe Jacksonville and Houston would be one of those teams would be a wild card team but it doesn't look like Jacksonville is going to be competitive maybe maybe Tennessee will be a playoff competitive team I and mean, we'll see how it shakes out the Panthers are looking like one of the best teams in football right now. Cam Newton's coming alive. Like I said, Greg Olson is now back from injury. If DJ Moore can can be one of can develop into a, a solid target for Cam Newton, and he can run the ball with McCaffrey, and then obviously run the ball himself, they're going to be a dangerous offensive team. A lot the of weapons, defense man. is somehow underrated. They they always get rid of all like their secondary and corner players, and yet somehow their defense is still always pretty good. I know they have a decent front seven with like Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Shaq Thompson, Kwan Short. They signed on Terry Poe. Julius Peppers is still there. They have a great front seven, but oh, their I didn't secondary even they got is Poe, man. Yeah, their secondary has been, uh, you know, up and down. They've gotten rid of guys like Norman and Benny Ben Wickery, and yet they James Bradbury is still there. But they they've been still really good somehow. I, it kind of I don't want to say baffles me, but. It's a culture there. They're just but, kind of but a their defensive their defensive scheme must be their secondary must be predicated. Uh, you know, I don't know what they're doing out there to coach up their secondary, but somehow it's working pretty well. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play the Panthers right now. Let's move into two teams that don't play their secondary very well. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Cincinnati. The Bengals moved to five and three, while the Buccaneers moved to three and four. They won thirty-seven thirty-four. Andy Dalton threw for 280 yards, two touchdowns. Joe Mixon also had two touchdowns. And Jameis Winston threw for 276 yards. But, yeah, he threw four interceptions. Mike Evans had a big day, 179 yards and a touchdown. But the big news out of this game is that Jameis Winston was benched. And now Ryan Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. Fitzmagic, is now been named the starter moving forward. He had the Fitzmagic in this game when he he did. He said some some really good games. He, he led them all the way back to tie the game. Obviously, Dalton uh, they moved to f- kick the field goal at the end of the game. I mean, Brian Fitzpatrick put up eighteen fourth quarter points until yeah. Dalton at the end of the game, as time expired, moved them into kick that field goal. Very dramatic field goal. Yeah. So. I don't know what this bodes for Jameis' future, to be honest. I still think Jameis Winston has the talent to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. I just don't know if he has the – I don't know. I don't want to say, like – I don't think it's necessarily a, an intelligence thing because uh, – and I don't want to say it's a mental thing necessarily either, but that it thing. He just doesn't seem to grasp the defenses. He's still a turnover machine. That was his issue in Florida State. A lot of coaches thought that they could, you know, change that because he's got the big arm. He makes the big plays. But he has still been a turnover machine in his time in the NFL. He doesn't make the small plays. It's attention to detail or something. Since he's under the NFL, 
The only person that has more interceptions and fumbles than Jameis Winston is Blake Bortles. Yeah. And Blake Bortles has one more uh, one more of them, and he has played 500-plus more snaps. So if Jameis Winston had played the same amount of snaps as Bortles, he would be well past what Blake Bortles' turnover ratio has been, which is incredible to think about. But the guy just throws the ball into areas. You're just like, what the hell are you thinking? Yeah. I don't understand. I'd like to see him in Miami next year. I think that the Bucks are going to have to move on from him and, and see what they can do. Maybe they'll draft someone and have Fitzmagic be a bridge for next year. Maybe they'll trade for a guy or sign like a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know, but they could keep Jameis one more year on the fifth-year option and just see if he they could turn something into nothing. Or, excuse me, nothing into something. I'm, I'm kind of done personally with Jameis in, uh, in Tampa Bay, but... Yeah, I agree. I think he might need to move on. It might be benefit him with the change of scenery he obviously went to florida state so maybe getting him out of florida in that atmosphere might be conducive to getting him away from whatever is troubling him and the distractions maybe that might be a a good move just a change of scenery sometimes will help you out a little bit yeah let's change our scenery to la where the rams went eight no beating the packers who are three three and one now 29 27 with 205 to go and the rams winning uh, what tw- or they were winning twenty nine to twenty seven. Yeah, two oh five. They kicked the ball winning. off. Aaron Rodgers has two minutes plus to go down the field. Then you're thinking he's going to get a field goal, right? It's Aaron Absolutely. Rodgers. Easily. Well, Ty Montgomery takes the kickoff out of the end zone, even though he's two yards deep. Should have just knelt it and gave Aaron Rodgers the ball at the twenty five. Tries to take it out. He fumbles. Rams recover. They're able to run out the clock. Game's over. Embarrassing. So they traded Ty Montgomery the other day, but Goff had a nice game. Todd Gurley. Had a nice game. I thought they should have given the ball to Todd Gurley a lot more at the beginning of the game. They started giving him the ball when they had the lead, uh, but they, in my opinion, like I said, should have given it to him a ton more at the beginning of the game well, the and first, established him The first more. half, the Packers' defense looked a lot better than the second They really half. did. The Packers' defense looked like the best defense in football in the first half. I was like, what the hell am I watching? The Packers' defense is just destroying the top-ranked offense in the league Jared Goff got sacked a few times making a lot of good stops yeah yeah it was kind of it was I mean it was great playing but it was just sometimes I wonder how some of these teams the Packers just seem to just play play up to their competition so much more than some of these other teams or teams play down when they play the Packers it seems like these other teams can play well against other teams like the Bears etc they just crumble against the Packers and I just I don't understand why but the Packers have a big showdown this week they don't have time to sweat this they have a big showdown this week with New England if they lose this game, too, it's, it's going to be a difficult stretch for them, especially if the Vikings uh, or the Bears win again this week. I think it's Vikings-Lions this week, so that's a big one. Yeah, I think if the if the Vikings can get that win, get that divisional win, that'll be huge for them. And the Rams, obviously, we know played New Orleans in a big, big game, which could shape the, the NFC playoff picture. If the New Orleans were able to win, maybe they could try to catch the Rams for the first seed, although I, I see don't know for that. Rams are going to lose one of these weeks, man. They've well, I mean, that'll happen. They're not going to be go 16-0, and 0, so. You don't see it? Yeah, I think it might be this week. Let's move into the that game, the the Minnesota Vikings game. The Vikings played the Saints 30-20, to 20, or excuse me, the Saints beat the Vikings 30-20. to 20. A little bit of a revenge for the Minnesota Miracle from last year. Breeze only threw for 120 yards in this game, but they ran the ball a ton with Ingram and um, Alvin Kamara. Breeze has got that. Uh, he knows how to defer a little bit. He knows when uh, just got to win. He doesn't working. care about you know his stats. It's just about winning. Kirk Cousins. That's what uh, I like about an interception. Dalvin Cook is still 
not been producing for the Vikings. He hasn't been playing, which is a big blow to them. Stephon Diggs had a great game, though. 10 catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. But, again, this sort of game kind of exposed Kirk Cousins in the idea that I'm not sure that he was worth that big money. It was, was he that much of a premium over Case Keenum? Or Alex Smith, too. I mean, Or a number of these other guys. Yeah, it's just it's it's surprising to me where the Vikings think. That. The defense has also been an issue for the Vikings, obviously, this year. But, uh, but Kirk Cousins, like I said, I mean, I think certainly, in my opinion, he's better than Case Keenum. But is he worth all that much more money and that much more of the salary cap? That is sort of more of the question than is he better? Because um, obviously, I think he's better. But, but Adam Thielen uh, in this game did extend his record streak now to what is it? Eight uh, eight straight games to start the season with over 100 yards. He had seven. He caught seven of seven targets for 103 yards and a touchdown. He also had a 15 yard rush in this game, which is just the guy's just been absolutely on fire. And I commend him and I commend Kirk Cousins for finding him the ball and and trying. I mean, I know they didn't win this game, but uh, but they certainly are, are giving themselves position, chances so. to win by getting the yeah. ball to Thielen and Diggs. And Devin Cook is supposed to play somewhat at least this week. So if they can get him and Latavius Murray running the ball effectively with those two guys on the outside and Kyle Rudolph, I mean, they have a great the, – the makings of a great offense. It's just on Cousins to not turn the ball over and the defense to play up to its potential. I mean, I know they're playing the Saints – uh, but that's certainly a team, uh, the, or certainly a defense that can do better than they've been doing. And I have them in fantasy too, so do better, Vikings. Yeah, I mean they got the Lions this week. That should probably be an easy game for them. I don't think it's going to be easy. Divisional games are not necessarily ever easy, and the Lions are no pushover with Matt Stafford. He can throw the ball over the yard, but yeah, them getting rid of Golden Tate. We'll see how that team responds and how their offense shifts and changes because of it. But let's move into the last two games I want to talk about, and they both involve the Oakland Raiders. First, I want to talk about their game against the Colts. They got they lost forty-two to twenty-eight at home against Indy. Marlon Mack at twenty-five carries, one hundred thirty-two yards, two touchdowns. It was the return of the Mack in Oakland, and Derek Carr looked actually okay in this game. He threw for two hundred forty-four yards, three touchdowns. Although the stats are a little bit deceiving, he wasn't quite as good as you would think. But the Colts went right up and down the field a bunch. They scored 21. They outscored the the Raiders 21 nothing in the fourth quarter. 21 nothing in That'll the fourth quarter. Seal it it up, was just huh? absolutely atrocious defense. And John Gruden is again talking in the media sort of stumbling over himself saying all these crazy things like He's getting all these calls from players around the league that are telling him that he, they're dying to come play for the Raiders, even though that's technically tampering. He's admitting to it openly, <laughs> which is stupid. Uh, and then why would people be calling him? Whatever. It doesn't make sense. And they're not probably even calling anyway. He's called, making a lot of proclamations. He's basically given up on this season, it seems like, and the players have now given up on him. And that all culminated this week on national television once again last night when – this is the final, presumably final battle of the Bay. We'll see if Oakland is back next year. They're probably them and the Niners won't play probably next year, uh, but uh, they lost to the Niners thirty-four to three, and Nick Mullins was the quarterback of the 49ers. Yeah, if you've never heard of him, yeah, none of us had ever heard of him until last night. Basically, <laughs> he was an undrafted free agent. He's only been with the Niners for about a month. He comes in. Has the best debut of any quarterback in history since 1970. 
and torches the Raiders' defense. I mean, I know the Raiders' defense sucks, but you're still playing against an NFL defense. Through three touchdowns, they marched up and down the field with basic impunity. It, like I said, it looks like the defense has quit on John Gruden. They got rid of their best defensive player, and they don't have any defensive stalwarts. And I know a lot of Raiders fans out there are upset that John Gruden is tearing this team down, and their evidence is like, hey, this team was 12-4 and two years ago. We weren't that far off. And I actually dispute that notion because that team got so lucky that in 2016 with all these things breaking their way that generally teams are not that much better than the others, but you get a couple breaks, a couple games here and there, could have gone and you go, way. you know, 10-6, and 11-5. It could have gone the other way, and they could have easily have been, you know, 7-9. and nine. And so this idea that they were a 12-4 and four team talent-wise I thought was laughable. And if you want to debate me on that, on that, that's fine. But I can just say, okay, you take away Mac. Who's the best player on this defense? I can't even name one. For Bruce Irvin, who I thought would probably be the best player on this defense, he played eight snaps the other or nine snaps last night. Okay, their best player, captain, one of their captains of the defense, played nine snaps last night, and they're paying him nine million dollars to be a pass rusher. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what we're talking about here is who is the best player on this defense now? They don't have any good players on this defense, in my opinion. I mean, Mo Hurst might be the best player on this defense. He's their fifth-round fifth rookie. He was supposed to be a first-round pick, but he fell because of a heart condition. He's got a couple sacks as an interior lineman. He might be the best player on the defense right now. That's crazy. And then on offense, Amari Cooper was a disappearing act. I liked Michael Crabtree to some extent, but he had to go once he got his chain snatched. It sounded like he was, you know, it just wasn't working. And they replaced him with Jordy Nelson, which I hated at the time, if you remember. Yeah, I and, do remember. And he's he had is, a couple of weeks. He's had, he's had one good game. Yeah. One. And the rest, last night he had 16 yards on two catches. And the week before he had uh, one catch for 14 yards. This is the guy that's supposed to be filling in for Amari Cooper now that Amari Cooper's gone. Jordy Nelson's supposed to be the number one receiver. And I saw a remarkable statistic yesterday or this morning on Derek Carr and how this guy has looked scared. He's like a check down artist now. He's not throwing the ball down the field. He's not reading the defense. Okay. So last night in Derek Carr's game or in the game last night, Derek Carr was, first of all, he entered the the game with the shortest Average pass distance in the NFL in the air was 5.9 yards. Under six yards, he's averaging throwing the ball in the air. On his six passes on the Raiders' opening drive in which they scored a field goal, his passes averaged 1.3 air yards, okay, with not one pass being thrown deeper than three yards down downfield. Wow. He's not throwing the ball like more than three yards down the field. Yeah. That's part of the problem, and they didn't run any run any huddle or um, hurry up in the second half. They didn't run any no huddle, and in the second half when they were losing by thirty one points, they were running the ball up the middle. They were just trying to get the game over. the The, the players have, the have tanked, or the players have quit on John Gruden. John Gruden has made it clear a lot of these players won't be back next year. He's made it clear that they don't care about this season. He's not coaching for this season. Apparently, I haven't seen anything from John Gruden that makes me believe that he can build this thing back up. He is absolutely tearing it down. There's no question. This is the worst team in football. Yeah. The big question is going to be whether or not they move on from Derek Carr. And I will tell you, last night, he threw for 171 yards. He wasn't throrong the ball down the field. He was sacked uh, what was it six times. He was benched. 
in the fourth quarter. Now, I know part of it was they were losing by 31 points, so he was benched. But he's benched for A.J. McCarron, who didn't play much better, to be quite honest. But it might be time for the Raiders to sincerely think about moving on from Derek Carr in this offseason. Maybe they can trade him to the Jags. Maybe they can trade him to the Giants. Dolphins. Maybe another team like the Dolphins might be interested. <laughs> but I think it's honestly, especially if the Raiders get the first pick in the draft, trade Derek Carr, take your quarterback of the future if you think he's there, and just move on. Because this guy clearly doesn't have it. He's not been the same player since he was injured in 2016. He does not throw the ball on the field. He does not take chances. He's terrible. He th- turns the ball over <laughs> a ton. I mean, I-, I just don't know what more to say about this guy. It, I, I'm just sort of I'm done. You're like, done with I'm him. I'm done. I'm done with him. I'm done with this team. I was done with Amari Cooper after his few weeks of absolute futility. Uh, he would come alive for a game or two and then disappear for a number of games. Nothing more frustrating than that with a lot of these older. Uh, it was it was pathetic. Prospects. It was absolutely pathetic. Carr didn't even throw a touchdown in this game. So he had he still has seven touchdowns and eight interceptions. Uh, but let's let's move on. Like I said, once. Once they traded Khalil Mack, it was clear the season. They're punting on the season. The season was over. I'm okay with John Gruden tearing this team down because this team, like I said, was not as good as people think at 12-4. and four. This this team did not have the talent that people thought. And yeah. anyone thinking the Raiders were like a Super Bowl team a couple years ago, it, it was crazy. They're not. They weren't. The defense was never good enough. The offense was never good enough. They had a bunch of lucky breaks, and Del Rio took a bunch of chances, and they panned out. And when they're not all – when everything wasn't season. falling their way – they were six and ten. That's more of the team they were. They're more talent-wise along that six and ten route than anything else. And now we'll see what Gruden can do. I'm going to give him a year or two just because I know he's trying to tear it down. But he's got a lot of draft picks that he needs to hit on in the near future. But let's move on to the NBA. We only have a few minutes left. Uh, lots been happening in the NBA. The Bucks finally lost. They were the last team that was undefeated. And Boston. We should have had beat that them. game too. Yeah, they only Boston lost by got a four. little lucky. But, uh, but they looked fantastic. Budenholzer looks like he looks like he's changed this team for the better. We know, uh, obviously, he has them shooting threes and all that. Sharing the sharing the ball, moving around. Yeah, exactly. And Lopez has helped spread the floor. And I, even even in spite of last night, Middleton had a bad night. Lopez had a bad night. We still almost beat Boston. They had like the, their best shooting night they're ever going to have too. Twenty four threes. Giannis, record. Giannis right now is a leading MVP candidate. Him, Curry, I think are the two two guys I would say right now are Curry the top the MVP right guys. Now, oh, I would too. Just yeah, I would absolutely too. Just, hasn't quite had it yet, which is crazy to say about a guy who's putting up like thirty and twenty. You know, and it helps when Curry has Clay Thompson, who the other day hit an NBA record fourteen threes in a game. He didn't even play in the fourth quarter, mind you. Scored fifty-two points, didn't play in the fourth quarter. That's just how bad Chicago is this year. That's how good the Warriors are, I think, though. They frequently don't play in the fourth quarter. We've seen you know, these guys. I mean, Curry the other day had or a couple weeks ago had like fifty and didn't play in the fourth quarter either. I mean, frequently the the Warriors aren't playing in the fourth quarter or playing very little. But there's been a bunch of teams in the East that have been much worse than we expected. Teams like the Wizards. Washington's 1-6 and six right now? I mean, uh, that I didn't expect. I picked them to make the playoffs. I picked them to be the sixth seed. It's the same team as last East. year, basically, except for they added Dwight Howard. Who hasn't even played. I think that's part of the reason. They're, I mean, they're starting Ian Mahimi. I mean, think yeah. about that for a second. Yeah. Ian Mahimi is in a starting lineup Probably in the Probably the NBA. worst starting center in the league. Oh, 
by far probably. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to actually sit down. I was and looking look the other day. It, but, I was wondering, but where he'd be certainly one of the top three guys that I would say would be in that. Him category. and Valanciunas. Oh, he Valanciunas is better than him. Oh yeah, he definitely is. Uh, Houston, is Houston has also struggled. Uh, they lost again the other day, or excuse me, they beat the Nets. Uh, was that yesterday? Just barely tonight. Today. That was tonight. Tonight, yeah. By they three, just I beat think. the night the Nets tonight. Uh, so I mean, maybe they can rebound. Harden missed uh, a little bit of time. Chris Paul had a nice game. Hit thirty-two and eleven. Hit some threes. Memphis is five and two. They beat Utah tonight. They've been much better than I expected. I think the thing with Memphis is just can they stay healthy? Conley and Gasol and that grind. Uh, I mean, that's a little bit gone now. But they play good defense. If they can, if they can, I don't think they're going to keep this up in the West. Do you? I think there's a chance. They're just a veteran team. Uh, They've, they're five and two right now. Man, I just think like talent wise, I don't. I, none of us, neither of us, picked it? them to make the playoffs. Well, I like Jaron Jaron Jackson for sure. Dylan Brooks is a pretty underrated player. And uh, but do you think they can make the playoffs in the West? I mean, neither of us picked them to make the playoffs. Maybe as an eight, seven, eight seed, maybe. <sighs> with it all, depends the, with what all Utah the good teams, does. though, I think Utah is going to be in the top five. I the think so at some point, but right now Utah is a little underachieving. Yeah, um, they put too much on Donovan Mitchell over there. I, I agree. I think. I think Denver is like overachieving right now. Isaiah Thomas isn't even playing yet for them. Uh, some of these teams are missing some guys right to begin the season, and some of these teams are, are working things out. New guys, new chemistry, yada yada yada. Okay, see, and Houston will probably turn out a little bit better. Than yeah, Russell right Westbrook now. is is back, uh, but I wouldn't read yeah too too much into that. Well, let's talk about Cleveland though. They were one of the another one of the East teams I was thinking about that were just god awful. They fired Tyron Lue. Kevin Love is getting surgery on his left foot. He's missing a bunch of time once again. Go figure. And they dumped Tyron Lue. I don't understand what they were thinking, giving Larry Nance that huge extension, giving Kevin Love that huge extension, and tying their, their team to these guys. I mean, uh, other than that aberration last year or the last couple of years with uh, LeBron in there. LeBron's been the only thing in the last like 20 years that's yeah. been at all remotely good for the Cavaliers. Well, they had Kyrie for a couple of years. He looked all right. but He was getting better, but he certainly wasn't ever, you know, that guy. Well, anyway, this has been Top of the Key. We are on WXRWLP Milwaukee, Riverwest Radio, 104.1 FM. Remember to find our iTunes page as all of our archive podcasts Check out archive Top shows. of the Key. You'll find us. Yeah. Check that all out. Go on riverwest.com slash shows, facebook.com slash Top of the Key podcasts. Find us on Twitter at Stefan Sports at Justin WXRW. That's me, baby. And have fun watching the Bucks uh, in the next you know couple weeks. They're one of the better teams in the NBA, and uh, we'll see if the Patriots and Packers can uh, do it out. I don't know who I'm going to root for in that team. I hate both teams. I think Patriots are going to take that one. Peace out. If we believe in democracy.